What up, party people? You have heard all the mainstream pundits probably this morning and last night talking about the championship weekend that was. I'm here to break it all down, instant reaction, stuff from the gut, shooting from the hip, whatever you want to call it. Did you find the games entertaining? The first game, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, the battle of the 12s, the goat versus the other goat. And I thought it was a really good game. It was also the most interesting game and had a lot of things to unpack in it. The second game, not so much. Buffalo started really, really hot. It looked really cool that they were looked confident. There was a moment in that first drive where I thought Josh Allen has surpassed Patrick Mahomes in his physical gifts, his arm strength, anything and everything. He was running around the, the field. And then all of a sudden, Kansas City made... One very little adjustment, and Buffalo made none <laughs> at all. And that kind of is where that game ended up. That was the deciding factor. The other thing is that Tyreek Hill is a cheetah, and he uh, if he gets the ball in open space and you guys don't want to tackle, he's just going to run you know, for 40, 50 yards at a time. It was the least entertaining game, I will say, and it made Kansas City look so, so good. And I'm going to break it down why I don't think they're as good as advertised if you play a game like that. If you game plan a game like that against the Kansas City Chiefs, they will look like that. But if you have a very patient, staunt game plan, you can actually make the Chiefs, uh, you can actually make a dent in the Chiefs' armor. And uh, I'll bring that up later in the show. So, like, let's get to what was championship weekend, my reactions, my analysis, all that stuff and more. Let's get going. All right, the first game of the day was, of course, the Goat Bowl between Aaron Rodgers, number 12, and number 12, Tom Brady, TB12, so to speak, right? You can go buy the book now on Amazon.com and go follow the TB12 system and look that good yourself at 43 if you are a man of that certain age or older. Apparently, it works for, for, for you, too. <laughs> Jokes aside, this game, they let them play for a little bit. Tom Brady and the refs have a very special relationship. Very, very special relationship. And that was nothing was more evident than watching the Bucks corners play more physical than Green Bay and the risk it no biscuit offense that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers run. They don't allow your defenders, Green Bay's defenders, to play as physical because there's so many shots down the field that you can get caught really easily. Whereas Matt LaFleur's offense this, this year, the coach of the Green Bay Packers, was a little bit checked down, get in rhythm, dink and dunk throws, get the ball out of Aaron's hands quicker, don't let him sit back in the pocket. But that you can play, you can jam guys at the line and you can maybe do this Seattle Seahawks method back in the, the Legion of Boom days where you can actually hold them just for a little bit and then let go but look like you're making a body football move. And in, and in bang, bang, real time, to me, it's really hard to make those calls as a ref. Until you see a, a form of jersey or until you see an arm extend and wrap around somebody's waistline, you're not really going to call those plays. So very, very smart uh, game plan by Todd Bowles' defense for the Buccaneers. That kind of kept Aaron Rodgers out of rhythm. Everyone today has been slamming Aaron Rodgers, 
because some people have said, he, I know Max Kellerman and ESPN said that, that he choked. I, I don't think that's accurate. Uh, Matt LaFleur is getting a lot of the blame. Stephen A. Smith's been all over Matt LaFleur. <laughs> Dan Aronofsky says, uh, Dan Olofsky, sorry, has said that Aaron Rodgers played a magnificent game that was gorgeous and beautiful. Well, anyone that plays a game better than you as a backup quarterback, it's going to look majestic, right? And it's also Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers played a great game. But what I'm going to blame Matt LaFleur for the entire game, not just that fourth down, not kicking, you know, kicking the field goal instead of going for it on fourth down. The game planning in the red zone was atrocious. The plays that were being called in the red zone were terrible. And this is where you fall victim to your star wide receiver. It happened with Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. It's happened before with Michael Crabtree and, and Colin Kaepernick in the Super Bowl and against the Seattle Seahawks in the red zone. Like I'm just going to throw it to this guy the whole time and he'll get open. Not the case. They're game planning for that. It's very obvious. And the other thing is you have a running back that in the second half went to open it, had a fumble and basically got his chest popped from what, uh, from what I read in the, in the papers about uh, chest contusion is what they're calling it. Physicality. I'm going to get to that in a second, but first, the game planning by Matt LaFleur in, within the 20-yard line, the red zone as we call it, was awful. No run plays, no stack run plays, no bunch formations, um, no heavy sets for getting fullbacks in there. They were running the ball pretty good against Tampa Bay. They were running the ball to get into the red zone the first time. Just keep running the football. And guess what ends up working for you? The play-action pass. None of that was present when it seemed that Green Bay would get in within the 20-yard line and on. None of that was present. You have a really great tight end. That's pretty good that Aaron Rodgers seems to like. You don't have to keep going to Devontae Adams constantly because they're going to double him up. They're going to play physical. And you saw that. You saw that a few times in the red zone, especially at the end of the game when it, when it mattered the most. And um, to me, I'm going to blame Matt LaFleur for that. You got you to gotta take the play calling out of Aaron Rodgers' hands and you have to stick to your game plan. We talk about being patient. This is something in this league you have to be patient for things to develop. And you can, as Jim Harbaugh used to say, grind some meat, get yourself into the end zone. And they didn't. You don't kick field goals against Tom Brady. I actually toured in my previous job, Mike Pettin, when he was the head coach of the uh, Cleveland Browns. It was his first year there. Really, really nice guy. Huge Bruce Springsteen fan. Actually, a really big Eagles fan too. But Mike Pettin told me that with Tom Brady, you can't kick field goals. You've got to score touchdowns. That's how good he is. He's the, the, you know, this is a guy that coached under Rex Ryan and stuff like that. He's seen Tom Brady many times. So Tom Brady will make you pay if you score a field. He like relishes when his defense gets a field goal and they get off the field um, or gives up a field goal. Tom Brady relishes the chance to go score a touchdown on you. And that's what ended up happening in this game. Tom Brady scored more touchdowns. He threw three interceptions and you still couldn't beat him. By the way, he's three and one in playoff games where he's thrown three or more interceptions. That's a Joe Montana stat too. Joe Montana was not really so good in NFC championship games team would end up winning and coming out on top but in the Super Bowls he was he never threw a pick he was that good he was that good um so I blame Matt LaFleur's play calling at at the uh on the goal lines or excuse me on the in the red zone I don't blame Aaron Rodgers at all I felt like he played a really good game I I blame the play calling I blame the fact that 
Matt LaFleur didn't run the ball. He didn't stick with it. Then Jamal Adams ended up getting blown up. Um, and I know that that makes it a little tough to run the football after that. But there was a whole quarter of dominance being to be had where they could have scored in the end zone and really flipped the momentum of the game. Um, and then physicality. Let's get to physicality. Green Bay for the last few years. Okay, Max. Well, they're 26 and, you know, 26 and, and six, right? They've, they've won, been 13 and three last two years, but they get out, out muscled and they do, and they still do. That's still their, their biggest problem. It's not their quarterback's problem. It's the offensive line. It's the defensive line. They just get blown up. Leonard Fournette had a great game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers running the football. Uh, Tom Brady had great protection and the Tampa Bay defense, Jason Pierre, Paul, Nadamakan Sue, those guys were getting to Aaron Rodgers. They were rushing four only, dropping everybody back in coverage, which is the way to beat Aaron Rodgers uh, or have a chance to beat Aaron Rodgers. And they definitely did and took it and made him throw little dink and dunk passes. And they were lighting those guys up across the uh, the formations. But they got out, out, out physical. I mean, the, the hit on Jamal Adams, I when I saw that hit, he just got popped and the, the ball went out and the, it was the fumble. I immediately said, I don't care what, this game is over. Tampa Bay was out hitting, being more physical than Green Bay was. And this has been Green Bay's problem. And when, when that is taking place, when you're being out hit, out physical, you know, at the point of attack, being out muscled, it's coaching. And Matt LaFleur to me is not that kind of a coach. He, you know, with all his success with, I don't even know if success, he was like 28th rank, 27th rank offense with, with, um, in Tennessee and you bring him to green Bay and it takes a while to get on the same page with Aaron Rodgers, and you guys throw all these plays. Well, in the playoffs, things change and you can ask green Bay about that when they've faced Atlanta, Seattle before that in the NFC title game. Um, and those were Mike McCarthy years. And then now San Francisco last year and with Tampa Bay this year, they just punched him in the face. They did that constantly, sacking Aaron Rodgers, getting to him, making him uh, throw balls a little earlier than he wanted to. Um, Aaron Rodgers needs to take a look in the mirror and, realize, and, and think to himself, do I want to be here? Do I need to be here? And you do because you're contractually obligated. And I know the rumors are swirling right now about quarterback trades in this this league is not the NBA, folks. Uh, NFL owners don't give a don't give a shit, really. But am I just going to be out physical every time I get to the playoffs? Green Bay, after the year they won the Super Bowl, went fifteen and one, and they faced the New York Giants in the NFC Divisional game in Lambeau Field, and the Giants took everything away from Aaron Rodgers. And I know that. Oh my God, they're fifteen and one. They're thirteen and three. The division that the Green Bay Packers live in has had the Bumble Fumble Detroit Lions, the Purple People Poopers, Purple People Poopers, say that five times fast, Minnesota Vikings, and then it's had the Chicago Bears who haven't had a good quarterback in a very, very long time. I don't, I don't, and Mitchell Trubisky does not count, and Nick Foles this year does not count either. And they, they beat up on those guys. They usually, they do. They would do pretty darn well with that. Um, not to say that they don't beat other teams that they that they face, but they do. They their regular season team. They feel really really good in the regular season. They win a lot of games. I know from a bunch of friends that are Packers fans. 
it doesn't matter. We make the playoffs. That's kind of, they take it for granted. They have arguably the best, most talented quarterback of our generation in Aaron Rodgers. But when they get to the postseason, they fold. And the reason that they do is because they're not physical enough. And that comes with not being in a division or being around other teams that are physical. Tampa Bay was physical and outmuscled the AFC South most of the year, except for the Saints until this playoff turnaround. But anytime that Green Bay's had to face, you know, the Rams were banged up. Jared Goff is a poor excuse for a quarterback. But the Rams, if they had a quarterback, the, the, the Packers might have lost to the Rams. I'm, I'm 100%. Just the offense couldn't get anything done because Jared Goff is terrible. So Green Bay's got a... I give credit to Tampa Bay and their game plan. It worked really, really well. I, I don't blame Aaron Rodgers for anything, really. I blame Matt LaFleur's play calling because Green Bay should have won this game. They should have won this game, and it should have been a lot um, more dramatic toward the end than this kick a field goal instead of going for it on fourth down kind of thing. Just the game plan. The play calling was just atrocious uh, within the 20-yard line and into the goal line. So Aaron Rodgers staying at home, and he's got to really think, do I want this guy to be my coach next year or whatever? Tom Brady is the GOAT. I have always held Joe Montana as probably the greatest quarterback of all time today. Right now, I'm saying that Tom Brady has, is the greatest quarterback of all time. I've held it for, for Joe Montana because he never lost a Super Bowl. I held it for Joe Montana because he went to the Kansas City Chiefs when the Niners traded him um, and took them into an AFC title game and they ended up losing. Well, guess what? Tom Brady went to a new team and he won and he's in the Super Bowl for his 10th time. He is the GOAT. There is no doubt about it. Um, I just, uh, one more, can you say that the guy that goes and plots his own course in his own journey and just gets it done, does he have a, a multitude of weapons with Tampa Bay? Sure. Better defense? Yes. Um, I'm not going to break down the Super Bowl today. I'm going to talk about that in, a, in the week of, but watch out for Tom Brady. Tom Brady's a leader. He gets people, and now he's able to be more vocal. Uh, it was Belichick's team, and now it seems to be Bruce Arians coaches everybody else, and Tom Brady's the one that's like, hey, guys, I've been here before. I'll, let you know. I'll show you how it's done, and I can change things at the line when I want to. So Tom Brady, very, very special to see him in his 10th Super Bowl. Again, through three picks, but don't matter. Don't matter at all. So joins a very elite company in going to his 10th Super Bowl, and uh, we'll see if he gets it done in a couple of weeks. But Tampa Bay had a great game plan. Tom Brady made the big throws that needed to happen to win the game, took his shots down the field. You know, remember last year, people were like, he, his noodle arm, he can't throw down the field. Well, he hit some bombs yesterday. And if it wasn't for Mike Evans' drops and a couple of other Buccaneer drops, uh, he would have had more yardage and may not have thrown three interceptions. So congrats, Tom Brady, on your 10th Super Bowl appearance. Talk about you in a couple weeks. Um... Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. This this game was not entertaining at all, and the re, and I was frustrated watching this game because the regression of Josh Allen. Josh Allen went back to old Josh Allen. Basically, played like a fucking idiot. Um, Josh Allen has had a spectacular spectacular year. He has been magnificent MVP candidate caliber Buffalo Bills, Bills Mafia, 13 and three record. All of a sudden, he just was un- unbeatable. In that first drive, he looked, that first drive of this game, he looked unbeatable. Like he was not 
he was going to score the entire game. Kansas City made one adjustment. Very easy. Take away the middle of the field by blitzing. So take away his protection breakdowns. And the other thing was that the offensive line for the Bills were leaving the A-gaps open. Now, I'm not trying to get too technical. But basically, what, what it is is it's the first gap within an offensive line uh, meant, meant for running and meant for, for blocking and for guys to move around. And basically, they were just leaving that open like the Red Sea. So Kansas City was like, oh, just blitz that gap. We're going to get to him every time. And it doesn't allow Josh Allen to use his legs. It doesn't allow him to um, sit in the pocket and sit comfortably and look for, for a throw down the field. So what do you do? How do you adjust that, Sean McDermott? Well, first, first, of the, first of all, the fact that that was a consistent theme throughout the game blew my mind. That's a very easy thing to adjust to, a change, and go, really? My offensive line's doing this? Okay. And they're going to try to take that part of the game away from me and Josh Allen? That's fine. Okay, so what if I cut the field in half like I used to do in Josh Allen's early part of his career, right? You move him. You roll him out left or you roll him out right. You cut the field in half and you have people with you. They had a couple plays to Cole Beasley underneath the middle that weren't really rollouts but were kind of close to because he was getting blitzed and running for his life. That hit for like big yardage. Kansas City's defense is not that good. It is not that good. And you can game plan around it. And if the Bills were that genius on offense, they would have figured this out when the first drive of this happening, they could have adjusted to it because the Kansas City adjusted immediately after that first drive for Buffalo where they went down the field and kicked the field goal. And the turnover momentum, you know, the fumble of the, of the punt and then the Bills getting the ball back and throwing it in you know, the end zone, making it 10-0 real quick. And that's where the, the Chiefs like to play. You have to play ball control. The other thing is the Bills couldn't run the football. Or I don't think they game plan to rent to run the football. The read option stuff was just not; it wasn't working. The play, the QB option stuff wasn't working. So you gotta you gotta find a way to adjust to that. And is it is it hard to your game plan was to pass the whole game? Is it hard to adjust to the run? Absolutely, it's very difficult to just have an offensive mindset switch that quickly without game planning for it. But you have to play ball control against Patrick Mahomes. You have to hold on to the ball as long as you possibly can. And then you play your deep shell coverage um, with Mahomes and, and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. So Josh Allen regressed in that moment. Again, running backwards like a fucking idiot. Just keep on running backwards and running backwards, throwing to nobody that's open, throwing to somebody that's double covered and throwing an interception here or there. That was the bad. You, you got to give your team a chance. You have, even if it's one or two yards at a time, that's still one or two yards you didn't have, not a loss of 13 or 15, right? You don't want that to happen. So shame on Sean McDermott for whatever he just didn't want to adjust to. And shame on Josh Allen for not figuring out, hey, I need to cut the field in half. And he will get there. Josh Allen is so talented that he will get to a point where he will figure these adjustments out. No problem. On the other side of the football, defensively, I try not to get too technical on this show, but I can't help it. I'm a nerd about this. I see these games. I watch them. The way to beat Patrick Mahomes, the, the way that the Chargers did it this year, the way the 49ers did it in the Super Bowl as best as they possibly could. They didn't count on Jimmy Garoppolo shit in the bed. Um, you get your four pass rushers to Mahomes as, as do the best you can to get to him. 
not going to blitz this guy and give him free release. Then I'm going to play safety high and a corner on Tyreek Hill. And then with Travis Kelsey, I'm going to have two of my linebackers or one of my linebackers being that guy that is going to bump Travis Kelsey immediately. And then the other guy's going to actually drop back in coverage on him for the underneath bullshit. And then everybody else has to take care of themselves. And if those guys can beat you, if a Sammy Watkins can beat you, Nicole Harmon is on the team, you know, if those guys can beat you, then they beat you. But Tyreek Hill does not beat me. Travis Kelsey does not beat me. Those guys had 300 plus yards of the Chiefs offense last night. Those guys not only beat you, they rubbed your nose in it. They rubbed your face in the dirt. How do you not adjust to that? I don't, I just, even in the first half, you could have gone in the locker room and been like, okay, linebackers, we're shelling Kelsey and we're shoving him. One shove down, one come back in coverage on a cover one. Safety over the top and a corner over the top for Tyreek Hill. Let Mahomes, let Harmon, you know, Nicole Harmon and Sammy Watkins beat us. Let those other guys do it. Let, let Edwards Elaire, let him get two or three yards of running at a time. The Chiefs kind of did whatever they wanted to do with Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. I guarantee you that the Buccaneers will have a way better game plan uh, uh, against them because they're going to face them the second time this year. So they, they already saw that, that uh, Tyreek Hill can get 200 yards on them in one quarter if they don't take him seriously. So, and they're going to play physical. They're going to play really, really physical. So Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes looked fine. Throws the ball here to Kansas. It's just more of the same with Kansas City. Th- throw them to your dynamic playmakers like Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and watch them go to work. Patrick Mahomes doesn't really have to do much, to be honest. He delivers an accurate ball. He sits in the pocket. Turf Toby damned. He didn't care. He didn't have to run that much either. He had a couple of like run plays to get first down, slid down the ground. It wasn't make or break. They were in control of this game. As soon as they made that adjustment with Buffalo uh, on offense and defense, it was over. It was over. Um, I was so excited because I was like, man, Buffalo, 10-0. Okay, they look good. And then the next offensive sets for Buffalo, they blitzed Josh Allen. They didn't have a game plan to take care of those blitz packages. The other thing that really, really got me, and this is on Josh Allen, this is also on coaching too, because you have to teach a quarterback to do this. Use the entire play clock. When you have a play, you have audibles and you have sets of system, go under center, go out of under center, look and survey the defense. How many times Josh Allen just hiked the ball as soon as he got under center instead of looking at the defense or calling Mike Blitzers or picking up different things? It absolutely blew my mind. You watch Aaron Rodgers, you watch uh, Peyton Manning, Mahomes, they all do it. They don't run up to the line and just start hiking the ball unless it's a design play. If all your plays are designed for quick hitters, you're going to lose games. Ask Chip Kelly about that in Philadelphia and San Francisco, how that worked out for him and Mike Vick and Colin Kaepernick, right? It's just not, it's fun for now. Not good. Not good. So here we are, Kansas City, Tampa Bay. Kansas City defends its crown against the GOAT, against Tom Brady. That's going to be really, really interesting. Really, really interesting. Where do Green Bay and Buffalo go from here? Well, Green Bay's got to figure out how to get tough. Green Bay's really got to figure out how they can be not out-hit, out-muscled, out-flanked in any game. Because they can own their division. This division's not going to get any better, especially with Stafford leaving and you know Kirk Cousins is what he is. Minnesota has a good defense, but Kirk Cousins is what he is. And then you have uh, Chicago that, that has a quarterback problem. Great defense, terrible quarterback. 
So you're you're gonna win your division again next year, like you always do. Like every Packer fan I know takes for granted that their division's easy, and they also have a goat for a uh, a quarterback in in Aaron Rodgers. But where do you go from here? You got to get more tough. You got to get you got to get some dogs on your team that want to hit people. You also got to get a, maybe a backup running. Maybe go get Carlos Hyde or something that wants to get hit when he runs the football and wants to be fed the football. And and you make if you get a physical running game behind Aaron Rodgers, look out. I've always said that dude's never had a running game. And people said, oh, this year he did. Kind of, kind of. Seems that you can shut it down pretty good. So think about that. Uh, and I don't know if he's going to get lost. I don't know if he's going to get traded. I'm not going to speculate on that right now. It's just I think this isn't the NBA. This is the NFL. This is all bullshit. So um, these guys are. Uh, you know, held on to by their contracts. They're they're not going to go anywhere unless the team deems it fit that they're going to go somewhere and they'll decide which team they're going to. So I'm not getting into that speculation. He's pissed off. I don't blame him. He has lost ever since winning the Super Bowl in 2010. He has lost in epic fashion to many teams, whether it was Colin Kaepernick's 49ers twice whether it was the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle, whether it was getting blown up by Atlanta, and now here we are with uh, Tampa Bay taking care of business here. Um, and San Francisco blew him out last year with the Garoppolo team. Garoppolo only threw eight passes in that game. That, that's just getting out-muscled right there, out-physical. Out, the, the physicalness of the 49ers would just handled them. And so where they go, they, they got to get more physical. And then where does it go for Buffalo... I think it goes up. I think I think they get better. I think they arrived a year early, and go take it, take it next year. You'll be all right. Patriots aren't going to get any better um, if Cam Newton's their only option. Um, Miami, Miami, Miami. I don't know. Tua. Miami only gets better if Deshaun Watson ends up there, and the Jets are going to have to be the Jets. The Jets are going to be better, but they're not going to be enough to beat the Bills. So just just write it out. I think Josh Allen needs to he will and he will. He'll study more. He'll he'll get better in the um in the play calling department. So will Sean McDermott. I mean, this is their first year in in a really prime time spotlight of being 13-3, being division champs, getting to the AFC title game. Uh I'm not gonna butcher them and say they have no chance. They're a young team, they're really good under the cap. They're going to be just fine. Josh Allen's going to get better, which is a scary thought. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see where Buffalo goes from there. So that's my instant reaction of championship weekend. Hope you guys, I made some money this weekend. Can't complain. I hope you guys may have two or at least ate some good food and watched some good games. And if you're a fan of Tampa Bay, I don't know how, um, unless you're, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know how. Um, and if you're from Kansas City, I know you guys have been waiting for this for a long time and you guys are back to your second Super Bowl in as many years, two years, and might have a, you have a really good chance of getting it again, which a lot of people thought. So good luck. I'm, I'm happy for my Kansas City friends. If you're a Green Bay fan, uh, give you a big hug. Um, and then I'm going to punch you in the stomach and go get physical, get tough. And if you're a Buffalo fan, the mafia ain't going anywhere. Mafia just got here. Um, ride it out, baby. The AFC East is yours for the taking. Stay healthy, stay good. And you guys will be uh, in these kinds of games going forward for the next seven or eight years. Um, yeah, I'm out and we'll have a Super Bowl preview next week. Alex will join me where we can finally settle our steak dinner bet and wager. 
And for now, I am off. So hope you enjoyed. Be safe out there. Take care of yourself. Stay healthy and be excellent to each other. Mm-hmm.